The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. And as it said uh, in the uh, newspaper, it, this show features Kemper and Stern sharing stories and drawing on their vast treasures of worthless information. And I think that pretty much sums up exactly what we do here. And we are the Minutia Men. I'm Rick. And I'm Dave. Hi, everybody. Dave, I think we should just launch right into some minutia. Well, first of all, Rick, I just wanted to say thank you to all the people that were concerned about our last episode of my heartburn and my deviated septum. Uh-huh. Uh, were there lots but, of them? Oh, cards and letters, have, and they're still uh-huh. coming up. Do you, do you remember that scene in Miracle on 34th Street where <laughs> they, with all the letters coming in? Yeah, it's, it's like that. I got bags of letters from people really concerned. Heartburn is much better. Oh, uh, thank God. After about 200 bananas. Uh, and my deviated septum, you know, that's just something that's day to day and I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to live with it. And I know do we that have, do you have both nostrils working today or no lefty lefty's working, right? He's not working. Hold on. Let me try again. Yeah. Lefty lefty lefty's on the board today. Okay. All right. Um, a lesser but, man wouldn't be able to complete a show like this with only one working nostril. You're right. And, um, you know, I think it kind of is a testament testament to my fortitude. <laughs> Rick, what's your favorite state of the union other than Illinois? You know, it's it's got to be Texas or it Florida. Is, uh, well, here's a story: a Dateline, Texas. Okay. Uh, Texan lady who woke up at with British accent after surgery leaves UK viewers intrigued. Oh, now, this I'm is intrigued what, by that. Yeah, uh... This is what happened: Lisa Alamia a lady from Rosenberg, Texas. Now, here's the first part of the strange part of the story is that there is actually a Rosenberg, Texas. You know, Texas has some I've, – I've been to Texas, and there, there's a town in between San Antonio and uh, Austin that is like 100% German where you walk really? into the town and it has like old Bavarian uh, – uh, you know, the old style of Bavarian homes and barns and stuff like that. And everything in the town is, is known as like Oma's house and, you know, things. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. It's the weirdest thing. It's somehow so, in the middle of Texas. So lots of smiles in that town. Very yeah. warm. But no British like, accents. I'm sorry. Carry on with your British accent. Well, Lisa Alamia, she went, um, has, she had an operation to correct an overbite on her jaw and when she woke up, she had a British accent. Now, how can this be, you say? Yes, uh, how could it be? You said that. Good. Yeah. Well, there's a thing called foreign accent syndrome, and it is a thing. Uh, there's been, um, oh, about 100 or 200 cases that have been um, I think I saw this on 60 Minutes. There was yes. a report on 60 Minutes about it. Yes, a while back they did. And what it is, is as the name implies, people usually after surgery, although it's not always after surgery, is that they wake up and all of a sudden have an accent. And these are people that usually have never been to the the, the places that they have this accent. So Lisa Alamia wakes up and she's now talking in a British accent. Now, this is awesome. (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, would this not be – If this is the one that I saw on 60 Minutes – 
I think it might be. Uh, she she has a daughter uh, who looks just like her, and they were sitting next to each other. And the daughter was like, "Hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, you know, right, uh, right. you know, let's go to the hoedown." And then and then the mother was like, "Hello, governor." Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. She's not just British accent; she's Dick Van Dyke British. Yeah, accent. exactly. Yeah, I, I know, and she is way over the top now. Here's a story. It's she's like, of, she's Rex Harrison and Audrey Hepburn. No, rain in Spain, you know, flies right. over the plains. Right, right. With a smidge of Bert. Yes. From, from, from Mary Poppins. Now, what I used to do with the kids when they were really – this is a total tangent, minutia tangent we're going on. But you have little kids or you had little kids. They're not so yeah. little anymore. Remember when they were young, did you like going to restaurants with your kids? Oh, my God, no. I hate it. It yeah. is like the worst thing. You know, they they don't sit still. They throw food. It's totally embarrassing. They won't eat though. anything on the menu. Right, they're, right. They're, I just, they're complain. Right. I just dropped 60 bucks on something that you don't eat, blah, blah, right. blah. And um, they would never sit still. And they, you know, Julia, one of the, who's 10 now, she has no boundaries. So she would go to like people that are sitting next door and going, hey, what do you eat? Oh, my gosh. You know, or she's even taken like French. I've seen her take like French fries off of people's plates that we don't know. Wow. So, I, I, yeah, I hey, know. Hey, a little parental supervision, please. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And this is, you know how you, you don't judge other parents once you have kids? This is where you should judge me because I <laughs> <Yes>. totally, <laughs> totally didn't know what I was doing there. But what I, I started to get so pissed off and my kids doing this, that I started yelling at them in Cockney accents just to get their attention. This is you know, for real? You really did this? Yeah. I, I, it was like a period of – I had my own foreign accent yeah. syndrome for about three months in there. And I, as, as you know, I don't have a rubber voice. No. So my Cockney accents aren't very good. But I'd be like, hey, and then – Just trying for shock value just to see if you could shock her out of the bad behavior. Exactly. Yeah. It is totally just to change the tone – Get them to sit, you know, in the seat. And then also, if the parents think, okay, well, that dad is obviously crazy, that, you know, that that kid, uh, you know, if this is the worst thing this kid is ever going to go through is taking French fries off my plate, you know, that that poor kid has obviously been given a bad hand. So, <laughs> There's so I no was, question about that. <laughs> right. So, uh, so anyways, this lady, Lisa Alameda, or Alameda w- wakes up with this thing. Now, this is jogged it, something in me. Is you know, it fixable? Um, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I don't think there's an antidote. I, I don't know. Um, it doesn't say. Uh, and the Wikipedia page on foreign accent syndromes didn't mention a remedy either. I think it either just goes away or you're stuck with a British accent forever. Um, now, the next time you call Comcast. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you get some guy named Steve. Hello, my name is Steve. Uh, this guy could actually be. From Toledo. It and could just be. This, just woken up with a foreign accent syndrome. And don't you think not only foreign accent syndromes are cool, but what if like a Christopher Walken syndrome? Oh, yeah. Would that be cool? Or yeah. a, William, a William Shatner syndrome? Yes. Now, now, a, a James Earl Jones. Yes, exactly. This uh, is CNN. That, now, th- that would be a thing. Not, you know, foreign accent syndrome is fine. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. But uh, like Vince Scully syndrome. Yeah, that would be nice. Yep. You know, I, as you mentioned this, I, I'm starting to think, oh, I wonder if my father's actually from Texas. <laughs> because he had a he had a thick German accent. Yeah, yeah. But he also loved country music and he Could loved be. Western movies. John Wayne was his favorite. He loved them. So you th- he was born in like Rosenberg, Texas. Could have been. It could have been. 
I mean, he uh, took us on a vacation once to Silver Dollar City in Missouri so that we could watch a real life, uh, you know, gunfight at OK Corral. Um, you know, Rick, the first time I met your dad, he gave me a shot of, of schnapps. He's from Germany. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he's from Germany. He didn't give me he didn't tequila. Give me a it wasn't tequila. Right. And it wasn't a brisket sandwich or Texas toast. It was schnapps. So pretty sure your dad. And I've been to your house with all the Hummels. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah they were you're probably right. And his yeah. name was Eckhard. Yeah, right. So yeah, no, probably, I think he's full, yes. full blood German. Full blood German. Well, I've got some minutia for you. Yeah, Rick. Uh, this week marks the seventy fifth anniversary of the first paid television ad. July 1st, 1941, it was a 10-second ad during a New York baseball game. And guess who the very first uh, television uh, sponsor was? 19, what was it? 1941. I'll give you a hint. It was a, a watch. It was a watch company. Uh, Timex. It was Bulova. Oh. America runs on Bulova time. The ad reportedly cost them $9 to or make. Two- 2.2 watches. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, I, I, you know, I am a big fan of television ads, as as you are. Uh, except for right now, I have a, a personal pet peeve ad, and that's the Bon Jovi ad. Oh, have you seen that, that one? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it 1,000 times watching well, That's the thing. It's yeah. it's uh, sponsored, uh, I guess it's direct TV, right? Well, that's funny. You know what? I don't even know what it's for. Because, it, you, because you have such a visceral reaction to the ad. Yes, I, you're right. It is for DirecTV, but I didn't know if it was Dish Network or DirecTV or even Comcast. I uh, think it's DirecTV. See, that should be in the jingle. It's not in the it's power to turn back time. It, it's not in there. Yeah, I um, I, I, I am so I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Not, well, the thing with this ad you know, the first like ten times I saw it, I didn't even make the connection that that was Bon Jar Bon John Vo, John, Bon John Vovi or whatever yeah, the guy's John, John Bon Jovi. Right? Uh, did you know immediately that that was? Yeah, John I did. Um, but I did. My first thought when I saw him was, "Ooh, he is not aging well." <laughs> I know. He's one of the only stars our age that I think we looked better than. I know. You know, Brad Pitt's our age. Yeah, he's. He, I'm giving Brad Pitt. He he wins, and Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, yeah. Lenny yeah. Kravitz is like six months older than, or younger than I am. Uh, I can't wait to see what that fucker looks like in November. <laughs> I mean, that guy is. I'm not gay. That man is beautiful. Who, Lenny Kravitz? Yes, yes. Don't you think? I don't know. Not really my type, but if you say <laughs> <Okay>. so. <laughs> But uh, uh, all right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I hate that ad. I hate what it represents. I when you turn back time, you don't bring back your wife's ex boyfriend yeah, first right, of all, right. or abort your child that you don't want to have. Yeah, right? remember, how about that one? Uh, reconsider yeah, your second child. Like <laughs> yeah, what? Right. You're talking yeah. about killing a child. Yeah, I know. Uh, and and what is what did uh, John Bon John Bon Jovi is actually hard to say. I keep saying Bon John. Vovi. It's bon, John Bon Jovi. What is he? He's got more money than God. Why is he doing a direct TV ad? I don't know. I don't know. But it's the most horrible and annoying commercial since the What's Up commercial <laughs> yeah. from Budweiser. 
Yeah. All right, Dave. That's I just got that. I got it off my chest. I just I had to get it off my chest because I hate I'm watching the soccer games. It's on 50 times a day. I have dreams about going to Bon Jovi's house and yeah. begging him to stop doing the ads. I think it's killing his career. And yeah. and I hate, hate, hate those commercials. Uh, I, well, you're going to love, love, love this, Rick. OK, there is a porn site. And who doesn't love porn sites? I you know what I'm saying? I don't believe in it. Uh, OK, well, hypothetically, yeah. Um, there, I just had a thought. Completely tangent. German porn. We we're talking. <laughs> I'm sure okay. it's out there. Yeah, I know. I, I, I they're very punctual, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know what? That, that'll be yeah. for another minutia. Oh, heal the guy. Take off your dental. <laughs> right. Exactly. On. Yeah. Give me a strudel. Uh, I just came. Dot org. Rick is a website. And as you can imagine with the name of IJustCame.org, there's, it's kind of dodgy, right? Yes. Uh, uh-huh. It's a porn site that promises to donate to charity when viewers masturbate. Now, how do you know that somebody's masturbating when you're watching their porn? Uh, porn? This is why I think is a flaw in this. I mean, I think it's a great idea. It came up with two guys from Stanford that were drinking at fraternities and on their way home, they're probably a little stoned too, thought, hey, you know what would be funny is if we had a porn site that every time someone up there watched a video, we would give a penny to whatever. And that's what they're doing. They're giving a penny for every time a video is watched. But now they're assuming... Wait a minute. <clears throat> that, that's gross. Yeah, it's a little gross. But, and, but what I think is really gross about it is they're assuming that everybody's masturbating when they're watching porn and t- totally discounting the craft. Exactly. Making, uh, you know, I make it a porn. The cinematographer who, who, the, who spends hours lining up the shot. What about what about him or her? What about what about the screenwriter and the character arc? What, uh, what about the director? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. In this scene, you're getting boned up the ass by the pizza <laughs> delivery guy. <laughs> right, right. All the things that go into a production. What a about the and, actors? <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. And what's the my three, motivation? What's my motivation? Three, right, right. The three-act play. You know, the three-act work. Um, so they're just assuming everybody's masturbating, and I think that's wrong. I um, think that's wrong, too. And they are giving a penny to either of three charitable organizations, which I think, though, this is good, I guess. The Movember Foundation, which is for prostate and testicular cancer, um, Ovarian Cancer Research Fund, and the Joyful Heart Foundation, which is an organization that helps um, sexual assault vis- uh, victims. So there is a Yeah, but if you, were the, if you were those charities, would you want this money? You know, you um, get a check for $40. That represents yeah. how many? 40 40 jerk offs. No, or, $40. No, it's a penny. Oh, four, wait, you're right. That's 4,000. Yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah, that is. And do you think that ICAME.org is getting the big cardboard box checks? <laughs> you know, to, uh, you know, with the big ovarian cancer research fund at like $39.80, you know, uh, represents, you're right, 3,980 possible jerks. I, uh, what I like about this idea is, and if, if, if I heard you correctly, you said they came up with the idea after a drunk night of partying at fraternities. Yes. Was it fraternities? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that that to me, that's that's really the gold here. I mean, think about all the great ideas that we've had uh, after a, a drunk night of partying. Oh, yeah, uh, right. Um, I I think is that when you came up with the I'm going to make a 
answering machine machine message for you for five bucks. Yes, exactly. And you came up with the idea of selling black socks on black Michigan sock. Avenue, <laughs> right? To, exactly to, to, to young people who don't have any black socks. <laughs> right, we happen to be walking on <laughs> Michigan Avenue, right? And and you know, we are not fraternity guys, you and I, but no. we did go through fraternity rush once as seniors uh, in in college. Do you remember right, that? Senior, right, seniors in college and not seniors in high school. And I remember we did it as yep, a radio bit, right? Right, right, right. We did it for the right the radio station. And I remember, you know, going through Rush and meeting all these guys and whatever. And then they put you into like this little video room or like or the like the little conference, not a conference room, like the rec room or whatever. Yeah, it was like in the days before um, PowerPoint. Right. And it, but and they'd have a slideshow of scantily clad women. Uh, you know, the 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 SAE guy always gets the girl or whatever. Yeah. And, that was their pitch. That you come and, here and you're gonna get laid. Right. And you know what? A pretty good pitch. You know, I, oh, I got mean, to If you're going for like an 18 year old guy, you know, yeah. what, what else could you be offering? Right. Well, I was a 21 year old guy going through the slide and going, you know, I know I'm graduating next year, but you know what? <laughs> maybe I could be a, a, you know, maybe grad school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, one thing that I wanted to just come back to this. Uh, there's another thing that pisses me off about um, about this site is that people are limited to two donations a day, meaning you can only they're only going to donate two cents a day for someone who's on it, and a fifteen minute cool off period between each charitable orgasm. Obviously, these two douchebags from Stanford are not aware of the fifty year old guy. <laughs> they're obviously not fifty themselves, <laughs> right? Uh, the fifteen minute cool off. Come on, I need a what fifteen day cool off? Yeah, exactly. Two, you know, fifteen two. hours at least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And two. I'm not doing two a day. I'm, I'm falling asleep at three in the afternoon. Then I can't do that. Okay, so, I, I think it's I think it's time to move on to our next feature, which is just one bad century. Time now for a collection of cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. So this is a big week in uh, Chicago history, Dave. Uh, on July first, nineteen nineteen, prohibition was enacted in Chicago. And you know me, whenever I read uh, important historical uh, information like that, I look to see what happened to the Cubs. Well, who doesn't? Exactly. That's the only thing. And you'll never believe w- what kind of an effect Prohibition had on Wrigley Field. 1919? No, ni- in 1919. Uh, it had no effect at all. Because I didn't know this until I did some research on it, but the Cubs didn't sell any alcohol at Wrigley before Prohibition. Oh my God! Really? Yeah, I think they sell it now. <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but <laughs> I think they do sell it now. And, and it's really inexpensive. And some, yeah, I know it's like nine fifty now. Yeah, but you know, I went to a game in Washington at uh, the Nationals ballpark, and they were twelve buck beers there. Twelve dollars uh, for a beer. Well, U.S. Cellular is probably you. U.S. Cellular is probably like. I, I never drink at ball games anymore. Not that it's just that expensive, but it's yeah, I do. It's always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that that goes together with uh, baseball. I no longer drink old style at ball games. They yeah, sell well, Goose Island now. Um. Well, U.S. Cellular has like a little craft beer section, don't they? I know, but I only go to baseball fields. Anyway, as far as prohibition goes at Wrigley Field. 
they they drew more than a million fans during a few of those seasons, and that was during the the, the before lights. And that was an unbelievable amount. Imagine that many people going to a game in the middle of the day for an entire season. And 1919 was not the Depression. It was they had jobs. I mean, mean, Right, right. That's true. Uh, Yeah, we should uh, check the uh, stats for Depression. Ooh, you you may have uh, sparked another research quest on my part. What is that? Uh, Unemployment rate? Yeah, just to see what happened during the Depression at uh, Wrigley Field. Anyway, that's a, we call this show Minutia Man because Rick has got some minutia, and so does Dave. Uh, and we actually, we have uh, time for one more segment, Dave. It's your favorite. It's Celebrity Potpourri. Here we go. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is how Celebrity Potpourri works. I've written down the name of every celebrity I've ever met. And I've met lots of them because I was a radio producer uh, for over 20 years. And Dave loves hearing these stories. So every name is on a little piece of paper in a bowl. Dave sticks his hand in there, pulls a name out at random, and I have to tell that story. Some stories are better than others. Uh, this one could be a good one. Um, it's and, and timely, certainly, with our election coming up. Ivana Trump. Now, Ivana is the... Ex-wife, not the daughter. The Wait, first Ivanka wife. Daughter. Ivana was okay. the first wife. Okay. Okay. So it's Ivana Trump. Go. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, very nice. Yeah. She was very nice to me. Uh, she. Uh, this uh, this goes back to 1993, and I remember the year exactly because it was the first interview I did for John Landecker's show when I was at WJMK. And one of the reasons John hired me is he wanted me to do these wacky German bits, which I had been doing at The Loop, where I would go and interview celebrities in German and then listen to their flummoxed responses. It was kind of a wacky bit. They called me Rick the German Boy. And that's what I did for Ivana Trump. And I I remember she was in the basement of Marshall Fields. And this was the first interview I did on the radio with, with John and nobody else was there. Nobody wanted to interview Ivana Trump. Which is surprising. <laughs> she also had like a line of Perfume jewelry or something yeah, yeah, that yeah, she yeah, was yeah, hawking yeah. at Marshall yeah. Fields. But there was nobody there. It was empty. Yeah, yeah. So I had no trouble getting an interview with her. And my interview, my first question in German, she responded in German. Do you remember so, what the question was? No, I have no memory at all of what the the, the actual subject matters were but i knew that it would be funny i brought it back and we played it on the air and the entire interview was in german my questions were in german her answers were in german and then i think i had her uh do a you know one of those promos yeah exactly in german (laughs) just like that yeah so i thought the bit went pretty well but after the show i got a call from uh the general manager who I had not met yet. This Remember, this was the first interview I ever did there. He called me into his office, and he closed the door behind it and sat me down. Right. And he said, so you're Rick, huh? Yeah. Nice to meet you. I'm Harvey. I just okay. gave away his name. His name was okay. Harvey. Okay. Harvey says to me, you know, I don't hate Germans. So oh, that's good. Well, good. Was, yeah, right. Exactly. Well, I don't hate people named Harvey. Yeah. He said, I fucking hate Germans. 
and you will never speak German on my radio station again. Do you understand me? Uh, 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 Harvey's still a little bitter about the 40s. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, as a German, you, you learn to take it, right? right because right, right. You, what what defense do you have? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, well, did you explain to Harvey that my dad is from Texas and had, and had Ford accent syndrome. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, uh, but you're, you know, you're right about Germans. Uh, sorry. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. It, 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 it's just kind of the way it is. Uh, you ruined uh, it's not the little fair. Bus- I'm born in 1963. You <laughs> right, know, I had exactly. nothing to do with anything that happened before I was born. But you know what? Yeah. I just got to eat it. Exactly. Right. Just here's a fork and eat. Yeah. And and, (laughs) here's a fork and knife and eat the German, the German bashing. Uh, So that was the last German interview I ever did. I think the bit still is funny, but I never did another one again. Didn't you also in college interview the Scorpions in German? No, but I met him backstage at uh, at the assembly hall and I was it was one of those uh, meet and greet things. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just was speaking in German to them for like 10 or 15 minutes before they realized that I was speaking in German. Really? And Klaus Meine, the little Klaus Meine, well, he goes, yeah, wait, wait a minute, you're, you're speaking in German. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. precise, Nick. Yeah, and we are sent in, 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 in Champaign-Urbana. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, it's good. Uh, did, you, did you tell them to go to uh, Jumers? Wasn't Jumers the big German restaurant there? <laughs> That's right. I forgot right. about that. Uh, no, they were thrilled though. They remembered me. I I've met them a couple of times over the years. They remembered that weirdness of speaking to this guy in German in Champaign Urbana. What was their post gate? What was their post concert spread? Was it like strudel, kartoffel? You, you know what they they all had these leather pants on and and you know they were they're heavy metal guys, but they were drinking um, you know bottled water or yeah. you know. Yeah, that, sissies. I, they, I mean, the, you, you talk to a guy named Matias uh, backstage, you know. <laughs> Hello, I'm Matias. How are you? <laughs> yeah, we're going to jam. Yeah, yeah. I spy drive. It does kind of lose some of its. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Def Leppard, they're. No, Def Leppard. No, Leopard Def Leppard's, I think, British. No, they just said the German. Yeah, by the he, way, Unterglieben, Haufenhofen, or whatever they say, that's. that's it's That's gibberish. True. Really? You know what? Uh, you want to do a little German gibberish? Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, for our listeners, this is a bit that Rick and I do when we're not on doing podcasts. We just do bits all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, this, uh, this is one that we call German gibberish. And what I do is I speak in German gibberish, and then Rick will interpret. Translate. Yeah. It's because Dave grew up in a house where his parents actually spoke German to each other. Right. And I did not. I never. I I got an ear for German, but never learned the language. Right. So I. So all right. So let's. Uh, you know what we got to do is we got to get Vinny to get a little uh, soundtrack or a little music bed. So I think this is a running bit because the <laughs> listeners are going to love this every week. I'm sure. <laughs> all right. All right. Are you... <laughs> okay, so we, I mean, we haven't done this bit in a long time. Uh, I'm just trying to remember it. Okay. Go right. ahead. You, so imagine... you you just say something and then I translate what it is. Right. Right. And I have to learn to do it slowly because if I do it too fast, you're not going to be able to follow it. And and what I do, by the way, you can't see this because you're not with me. I raise my arm like Hitler when I do it, too. Yeah. Okay. Not, not like, no, not the Heil Hitler, the arm 
you know, the flapping, the arm flapping, the Joe Morgan batting flap. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, und eigen und abend und kleinen Farben. <laughs> okay, what did I just say? Uh, und eigen, uh, eigen is like a. Uh, I don't remember what eigen means. I, I know uh, eigen uh, is your eyes. Yeah, okay. that was the second one. And eyes. And okay. what was the last one you said? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Let me do it again. Und Augen und Weigen und schlicken Haubenwagen. Und bei Klauben und Schlicken und Reistig und Wagen und Heigenschmagen. Oh my God. It doesn't mean anything, but it sounds so German. Oh, wow. My, sc- my screen right now covered with spit. <laughs> right. Covered with spit. Oh, God. Uh, uh, All right. Well, hey, thank you. Thank you, Ivana Trump, for leading us into that. <laughs> uh, to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartExpress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. If you'd, like to, if you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to thank our executive producer, Tony Lasana from Opie Productions, our distributor, Ed Silla, from the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. We are on radiomisfits.com if you'd like to find us and subscribe to us. Isn't that the best thing they can do, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in again next week for another episode of Und Menushamen. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, it's Tony Lasano from Lasano Friends, and Evie Olson has this to tell you. <laughs> um... Great Talk Radio isn't dead. <laughs> it just learned how to speak a different language. I'm sorry, language. Tony just Great Talk Radio <laughs> isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Don't use any of this. <laughs> Lasano and friends. Can you please just delete all of this? <laughs> Radiomisfits.com. No! Yeah, right there.